Good morning, and welcome to my podcast, Breadcrumbs. This is Ashley, aka Ash Kitten. And so, we're going to talk about my youngest son today, um, just a little bit because I want to touch on another subject. But um, basically, how he's doing is he is his ADHD, he's had it for pretty much his whole life, I could tell. I could just tell he was that baby that was just like all over the place. And I just have videos of him just doing all these like continuous like karate moves and him thinking that he's like a ninja and stuff. And it's it's pretty cool, pretty interesting. Um, but at some point it got to be really hard for him to function with the ADHD. So, um, he hadn't been diagnosed while he was with his father because his father was not interested in getting a diagnosis. He would say things like, don't diagnose him. And I'm like, I'm not, I'm get, I want to get a doctor too. He'd be like, you just want everybody to be on drugs. And I don't know what his motive for saying all that is. I'm very anti-drug. I'm very anti-pills, very anti medication if it's unnecessary um I'm the kind of person that when I had my children all the percocets that they give you I kind of just flushed them because um I and I'm not nothing against anyone who takes any of that like it's not has nothing to do with anybody else it's really just my personal preference I had a situation happen when I was younger where my mother um, she, I was like 10 years old and she had, I just remember coming into her room and there were pills all over her bed and she had a queen size bed and it like so many, there were just pills all over the bed and I'm like, what, what's going on? And I'm not talking about bottles. I'm talking about, she had dumped out bottles of pills on the bed. Like, it's not pill bottles all over the bed. It was pills. It was just like, you could swim in them. There were so many. I don't even know where she got so many. Like, low-key, was my mom a drug dealer? Or just buying a bunch? I don't know. I know she was on medications, and I don't... I just don't know the extent of why. But I do know what I saw. And I know that she was scooping them up by the handful. And shoving them in her mouth. And swallowing and here I am, a child, trying to process what is my mom doing in my mind. She's killing herself, you know? And that's what she was doing. Um, so I ran, like jumped on the bed and grabbed her arm and was like forcing it away from her mouth and she would still, like she was stronger than me, I was 10. She was just still like scooping them and I was pulling her arm where there was some resistance but her hand was still reaching her mouth and I just started bawling and she's like, the angels will take care of you when I'm gone. And I'm like, what? What angels? What? And just substance abuse has been a problem in my family history. So I just don't like anything foreign to my body or my children and them taking stuff. But medication is medication. And if the doctor is saying that there is a problem where 
there's an, a chemical imbalance and you need this to uh, function, then yeah, I'm gonna look into it and and I'm gonna have my children take that medication. And it just so happens that my youngest son is on ADHD medication um, and it doesn't change his personality. It's a low, low, low dose, but it's enough to make a difference. Uh, he's doing really well. His issues, I think the most are um, sleeping alone because um, he, he's nine and he should be able to sleep alone, but he can't because he's, um, he's got a little bit of separation anxiety, especially at night. Um, he, he's really good kid. He's such a good kid. Um, the not listening and things like that. And that's all because my ex really wouldn't allow me authority over my children. Um, so it was, it's very difficult to establish that now because they're like, you know, in the pecking order, I wasn't someone who was able to boss them around or tell them what to do in their mind because I don't like bossing anyone around. But I wasn't able to um, give them instruction. And they always looked to their dad to for that. Uh, unfortunately, he was a terrible parent and he didn't give them proper instruction. So I'm having to rewrite the instruction that he was he gave them and they um they're having a hard time they're resisting that my um nine-year-old is resisting that um but he's still a kid and he's still you know smaller than me and sometimes I have to yell to get my point across which I hate yelling I will say this I want to communicate with my kids respectfully and I'm aiming at that my my goal is to not raise my voice at them. Um, but it gets hard because they don't listen because they were trained not to listen to me. So, and it's not their fault. That's why I don't feel like yelling. I just don't like yelling. Um, because they, they were taught to listen to him. And, you know, that, that's just ingrained into them. It's not that they're like wanting this life and and to be rebellious and and to to do everything to act out. It's that their mind is processing. They just lost their leader, you know. And it was a bad leader, but they didn't know that because they had nothing else to compare it to. So it's just it's difficult. And right now they're still processing and. They're taking in information. They're seeing that I'm doing things that he wasn't. And they're trying to figure out if those things are good or bad. And that's that's what their little minds are processing. So I have to be patient because I'm the adult. And I do understand. And I do know that they are um, they're just going through so much. And my nine-year-old has also been through other abuses. Um, peer abuse. There was another person, another student that, um, sexually abused him. So that, um, that was really difficult to get through. And, um, I just want to say if you're a parent listening to this, 
there are signs of abuse that some parents don't know and um, it can happen to any child in any school it happened to my child in a school setting and it was another student that was his age it wasn't an adult um, do I think that the other child was being messed with by an adult absolutely considering the nature of the abuse but um, so it was happening like in the school and the school didn't even know it was happening when children were going to the restroom together and things like that and um, you know school wasn't aware how I found out was my son with the bed and he was like seven at the time and seven-year-olds don't wet the bed he never wet the bed before and a matter of fact um he when he was potty trained he never wet the bed after that like no accidents or anything and even in potty training he never wet the bed like any accidents that ever happened during potty training was in his pants and then um once he was potty trained like fully potty trained he never wet the bed so out of blue he wet the bed and it was the second time i didn't know that there was a first time um because his dad didn't convey that to me he just yelled at him for wetting the bed and um he got in trouble for it and i didn't know because it wasn't there it was during the the app like after i left my ex he was with his dad at that point um and he he was visiting me um when he went to bed the second time and I was like and he was terrified he thought I was gonna yell at him and scream at him and he was like trying to how I caught him was he had taken all the sheets off of the bed and he was in the laundry room stuffing them into the washer and I can hear the washer turning on and I'm like why is he out of bed why is the washer going like what is going on and as I'm walking into the laundry room I see his face and he's terrified he's like uh, I I had to wash the sheets they were dirty and I I I just wanted to wash them for I and I'm like, calm down, it's okay. It's okay, calm down. And he started calming down and I said, tell me what's wrong. And I, I put my hand over and I felt the sheets. Um, the washer hadn't even like actually started yet. The top of the sheets were still out of the washer and I could feel that they were wet. So I, I kind of had an inkling, an understanding of like what had happened. Um, and I was just really patient with him because sometimes we overlook things um and and our children are telling us so much and we overlook them because we are you know it, it's an inconvenience yeah it, it was an inconvenience waking up super early in the morning well like three in the morning i think it was two even um but it was um it was something that I'm glad happened because then I found out about what was happening to him and and poor little him is shaking and and I mean if he if he had disobeyed a rule like brought food into the 
bedroom and ate in the bed or drank in the bed and spilled something, you know, he would be in trouble for it, but I don't think he'd be to the point of shaking the kind of trouble that I would, I would presume I would, you know, dish out the kind of, the kind of, um, punishments or consequences. I don't even say punishments. I say consequences because there's a consequence for every action, good or bad. Um, but he was just shaking and I was like, what, why are you shaking? What's wrong? And he told me that he peed the bed and he cried and he said, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. It won't happen again. I, I didn't make it to the bathroom. And I said, well, yeah, but I want to know why you went to bed. I don't, I mean, y you didn't even get up to go to the bathroom. So, cause it's on the bed. It's not like, not making it to the bathroom is wetting yourself in the hallway, you know. This was in the bed. So this happened in your sleep. And maybe there's a problem. And, um, and he said, no, 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 there's no problem. And he didn't c connect the dots. He didn't know that uh, one of the number one signs of a child that's being sexually abused is wetting the bed. So... I asked him at two in the morning, is anybody doing anything to you? Is anyone touching your no-no spots? And I made the mistake at first of saying any adult because you assume that it's only adults that are um, capable of things, that those types of things. And um, he said, no, no mom, no adult has touched me. And I said, okay. And I changed it. And I said, is anybody? And then he said, well, what if I don't want to get somebody in trouble because they're my best friend and I care about them a lot. And immediately I knew who it was because um, I knew who his best friend was. And um, I still wanted him to say it himself and get it out. And it's important for him to get that off of his chest. And... So I told him that no matter what, that if another child is doing those types of things, it's not their fault either for being taught that, but it has to stop because it is abuse and that kind of behavior is not okay to accept from someone else, whether they don't realize they're doing it intentionally or it was intentional, yes, but the child was just acting out from his abuse. So... Um, I got him to understand that, you know, that in order to, to, uh, help him because he may still be suffering from abuse, um, he would have, he would have to tell on him and it's not like telling on him that he did, you know, that he's going to get in a lot of trouble because that's not the case. They, they're going to have to investigate and see why he's doing these things and maybe help him out of a situation that would he would never been helped out of if my son would never came forward. So I kind of, you know, explained to him that he's really a hero if he tells and tells us what his friend did. And it was pretty hard to listen to my son telling me things that had happened. Um, but we got him help and he's in trauma counseling. And then for him, um, not that much long later, hearing that his father did those same things to his sister, 
it it really just broke him. He was very loyal to his father to the point where he just wouldn't hear anything bad about him. He would start crying and and say, you know, not my dad. He doesn't lie. He doesn't. And and that just makes me so much more upset at their father because these are such good kids. Like, just think if he had given him proper instruction, you know, and done the right thing and we could have co-parented together, how loyal he would be to us and the rules and, and you know, following the rules and things like that. And um, instead, he's just got a skewed vision of what is right and what is wrong and he was just loyal to the wrong person but as time goes on he's he's getting it he's a really smart kid and um really really smart he can do math in his head like he's really really great um all my kids are and I don't have any complaints about them just what they're going through makes it really hard for me it's very overwhelming and as I'm doing this 20 day social media fast I find that it's bringing me closer to my kids because social media is not getting in the way of anything that they need with me any private attention that they need and uh, it's it's really working out like I just dropped them off at school so I have some time to podcast and stuff but after this I have to you know do other stuff and um, uh, definitely prayer is really important to me I want to um, establish like a prayer group in my area and things like that like I have some um, some spiritual goals that I'm working on um, I just feel like, you know, I ask so much of God. I do. I do. I really do. I ask so much of him. And then, um, and then I don't give in return. And I don't think that's fair in any relationship. And, um, and I'm not pushing my uh, Christian views on anybody. I personally, this is my personal thing. It's like a relationship, you know, and, and my relationship with God. If I'm not putting in any effort, how do I expect anything out of it? Even though he has been gracious and wonderful and and put wonderful people in my life that I can't even describe how wonderful, but um, you know, I, I just don't feel good about myself that I'm not putting into the relationship that I, sh that I should be, you know? And, um, and it's making, it made me really sad and it brought me to a really dark place and I don't like that I don't like being in a dark place I like being in a happy place a positive place a place of love and self-acceptance and um, there's some things about myself that um, I, I don't accept and call it weaknesses or what have you but I don't accept those things um, and but it's very hard because um, I don't know, it's just something, some weaknesses that I've had for a really long time that I need to, I definitely need to, um, get rid of and, and start working on 
self-accept. Like, I think part of it, I've narrowed it down to the reason, the reasons that I um, have these weaknesses are because of physical abuse and because of um, sexual abuse and things like that. And um, it's, it's not good. It's not positive. And um, it's definitely not, it's not where I want to be in my relationship with God, the way that I think about myself sometimes. And um, it's hard to talk about this subject. <laughs> so I want to be positive. Like I want to be uplifting and positive and other people see that and it's not fake. It's just that there's like this dark corner of my soul that's dark. And writing does help. I've been writing um, and when I get it out through writing, um, sometimes even venting, but really writing. Um, it's like I'm concentrating all that energy into the paper and then it's kind of out for a while and, um, and it helps. So, but there's some really dark parts of me that, that I want to clean up and, and I don't want to be there. <laughs> um, you guys don't have to worry. I'm not like a serial killer on the side or anything. It's just... It's personal stuff. And I know I've been really open with you guys about a lot of things that I, I can't be open about this. Um, I'm just not ready for that. But, but, the good news is that this fast is really bringing me closer to God and my children. And um, I'm, I'm trying to get rid of that side of me that, um, is negative and and not something that I want to be part of. Um, it's like I don't know. It's like an evil side that that comes out at night, like a werewolf kind of. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Or at times when when certain people are the triggers for it. Um, I wouldn't say people. A certain person is a trigger for it. But at the same time, like, I don't want to be that person. So, my, um, my goals are to, you know, get a closer relationship with God. I think that's going to really help. Um, and I want to establish, you know, better, um, a better understanding of myself and why I have these weaknesses and um, to, I don't know, to, to bring that side out of me in a positive way. Does that even make sense? And I think with my writing that that is possible. Um, I, write, I write about dark, dark things. And if you guys had read my writing, you would be like, oh, this is not Ashley. She doesn't write about things like this. This is not our Ashley. But yes, I do write about things like that. Um, I wrote a, an entire poem about someone who catches 
their spouse or lover cheating and then they murder them so yeah but at the same time like that's my way of channeling all that negative energy like I'm not a bitter person so like if something happens or whatever that's upsetting it just adds to my writing it doesn't make me bitter or angry or um, treat people badly um, if anything I treat myself badly and I need to stop um, accepting that from myself accepting that just like anybody else like I wouldn't accept someone else treating me that way I shouldn't accept myself treating me that way um, guys I know that this podcast is all over the place it's 7 26 in the morning and I it's just a lot you know just so much has been going on really it's that my brain is kind of scattered and I feel like the Mad Hatter. Um, <laughs> I'm just all over the place. But I'm trying to still give you guys good, decent content. Maybe not decent. It's not decent. But I'm trying. And I'm getting counseling, so that's helping me. But staying on subject and staying on task is really, 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 really hard for me right now because my mind is all over the place and I'm just, I'm working on myself, but it's difficult when you have so many things going on. It's kind of like being in survivor mode because I'm, you know, I'm like, I have to fix these things with myself, but I also have to make sure that I'm strong for my kids. I can't cry, um, which is scaring me a little because I don't want to be that person that isn't able to cry you know like I want to feel emotions um so like if like when my child does something that's really sad or something that upsets me I have to hold back those tears and sometimes I feel like the more I do that the harder of a heart I'll get you know and I'm scared about that I don't want to be a sociopath or you know something like that or a narcissist and that's how it starts that's how it starts is shutting out feelings and um so I I do appreciate this time that I get with y'all because I'm able to talk about my feelings and get it out and um and I really appreciate that I have listeners that listen to me ramble sometimes about literally nothing and, um, and who are so supportive and who tell me things like I've, I'm changing their life. I mean, it's, it's just really, really cool to have that because I get so scared that I'm going to be like him and not that I know that I'll never do anything horrible to my children, but I don't want to be like him emotionally. I don't want to not be able to feel things and care about what other people are going through and um I don't know it just scares me because I like I'm holding back tears my kids my kids crying or whatever and and I'm holding back those tears and then the next time the tears don't even come 
and I'm like, oh God, am I turning into the hardest person alive? And away from my kids, I don't know, maybe it's like Pavlov's conditioning, but away from my kids, I can be emotional um, talking about it, and, and it does make me emotional. And the thing is, like, I've kind of gotten conditioned a little bit to, to stop the tears, but they do come. They are still, like, there to where, like, they're on the verge and then I'm like oh I don't really want to cry right now so let's not do this um so I'm just terrified of being becoming a heartless person I don't want that I want to be always thinking about other people and loving other people and spreading love light and positivity and you know these are the darkest times for me in my life the abuse that I went through doesn't even compare to what I feel for my children right now because they went through so much and I can't fix it. I want to fix it. As a parent, you just want to fix it. You know, you just want to make it better and them not cry anymore. And that's so hard. And I know if I cry, they're going to cry. And I tell them it's okay to cry, but then I don't cry because I, I, I want to be strong for them. I want, I don't want them to see me as not able to handle it. They don't like to see me cry, so they don't tell me things sometimes because they're afraid I'm gonna cry, and I don't want that. I want them to be able to come to me and talk about things. And this, this aftermath that I'm dealing with is a part of the healing and I tell them that like it may look like really bad it may look like things are not gonna get better but they're already better because the abuser is gone and he's never coming back and he's in jail and he's incarcerated and he's gonna be there for the rest of his life hopefully the rest of his life and I I know that my kids have a chance at a good life if I just constantly find ways to help them and help them cope and helping them with their coping skills um i'm getting pretty emotional right now though so i'm gonna go um i have tons of stuff i have to do now but this was a little bit of content that i could share with you guys is mainly about my son um my youngest son We'll get into the others and that's gonna be a lot longer of session because the next one up, my 12 year old, is just a mess. And uh, we'll talk about him next time. But I love you guys and I appreciate you guys listening to me, supporting me. Uh, email me if you can. Ashley Robinson 7238 at gmail.com if you have any requests or anything you want to say um, feel free to um, I also still have the other email ashstar ASMR at gmail.com um, I check both of them frequently thank you guys again spread love light and positivity everywhere you go I hope you got something out of this podcast because I feel like I just threw up on you guys and you're like wait was that a podcast was that really an episode so 
I'm sorry, but I don't have the energy or time to re-record or anything. So next time will be better. Um, but this this is what I got. So I hope you guys enjoy it. I hope you guys like it. Um, message me if you absolutely hate it. And I will never do anything like this again. Um, and I'll be more structured in my things if you guys are having a hard time like following me on this now. This weird journey that I've gone on where I don't even structure my podcast at all. Um, so, yeah, take care and spread love, light, and positivity. Make a difference in somebody's life. I try to every day. Bye.